Fifty Stage of Terror may include descriptions and discussions unsuitable for young audiences. Episodes may contain adult themes, language, and content. Listener discretion is advised. Today's cryptid encounter is a bit different from our previous episodes. Instead of handcrafting a scenario to depict Florida's cryptid, we were granted permission to use a first-hand account of a sighting. This story was originally posted to Phantoms and Monsters, Pulse of the Paranormal. We reached out to the site's curator, Lon Strickler, for permission to share, and he granted us our request. I'd like to start with the preface Lon gave in his article. On Saturday, February 3rd, 2018, at 3.14 p.m. Eastern Time, I received a telephone call from a witness in Zephyr Hills, Florida, Pasco County, in reference to a recent encounter slash sighting of a winged being at their residence. After listening to the information, I asked the witness to write down what they experienced and to forward to me. I soon received the following account. Lon, I called you from Zephyr Hills, Florida on Saturday. I explained to you that my sister and son have been experiencing some strange phenomenon. I explained to you that we weren't sure whether it had demonic origin, spiritual in some way, or what in the world it could be. We had cleansed the house in the spiritual sense with holy oil and prayer. This had not worked. It started with scratching in the walls, along with heavy human-like footsteps on our roof right before or after. The steps were fast. There was fluttering noises of wings of a sort. We noticed that there was a large cement block at the bottom of the house moved out, no longer sealed tight as usual. Around this time in the evenings, we, looking up at the constellations, and saw something very different. We were in awe with a loss for words as we were witnessing lights in the sky traveling at a speed that was not possible for a plane to travel. There were a number of them traveling in the sky at high speeds in a jagged way, darting and then moving in a different direction. We somehow packed this in a file in our minds in order to deal with ordinary life on life's terms. However, the enormous wings on this other new creature we've witnessed has really taken us to a real different chapter in life. We had those noises of scratching on the walls, fluttering of wings and human-like steps on our roof, and finally the eyewitnessing of this strange phenomenon. My son yelled for me while in the bathroom. He said, please come now, it's right out the window. I ran and looked out the locked window. There were noises coming from below the window, like it came out and stretched up. I saw blackish darkness almost covered the window. It was part of a wing, a very small part. I say this because it hovered up quickly with two enormous wings, about five foot each. I only saw the back of its head, dark, blackish in color. It went ever so quickly into the air, away from the house, and gone. What the heck is this? 
we started researching about it, Lon. This is where we found information on you. We saved your phone contact and called. Please notify me of anything you may find out in your other areas if it pertains to this. Should we be fearful of our lives? Or our cat? Thank you for speaking to me and for letting me know we could call you if we need to. This is Florida. Hello, and welcome back to our show. Spooky season may officially be over after Halloween, but in our household and in our hearts, it is always spooky season. For you, it's 365, 24-7. 24-7, 365 spooky season. But that just means we get to keep the ball rolling with all of our spooky stories and all of our spooky cryptids. And I think this one's a pretty cool one. Yeah, this is the first one where it doesn't have anything associated with it as as far as like a, a known name. And that is really cool. So when we were looking into Florida and we were looking through options, obviously we got a lot of results that were skunk ape related. Uh, we got some some odd ones out there. We know that Florida is um, rich in culture, <laughs> rich in American culture, and you can take that however you want. You can take it or leave it. But there there were a lot of options. Um, I was specifically drawn to this one because it's recent. The story that I told was from 2018. Yeah. And there are only three witnesses Three eyewitness accounts for this cryptid. And I actually found them all from the same website. So this was a collection that Lon Strickler has accumulated. And we were very, we were very happy. We reached out to him and he said that we could use the stories and present them to you in this format. So we're uh, maybe looking forward to seeing what else he's got out there. He's got a whole collection he posts all the time. Um, it's one of those things that I could probably scroll and scroll and scroll and keep reading and neglect my work or household duties. And who knows, uh, we might be able to actually name this thing. Maybe, maybe if we make it something super cool, maybe Lon will, uh, catch on to it. Unofficially official? Hashtag official? If it goes on Facebook, it's official. Dems to rules. That's so dumb. (laughs) All right, so we said there were other sightings in Florida, specifically in the very same area of Zephyr Hills. Mm -hmm. The other two that are on the website, the one that I truly loved is the one where it's a truck driver and he is from Chicago and he took a job in Florida and didn't know the area very, very well. And he had, I think the story says he has something to do. So he had a coworker take his route for him and... It was on a, uh, and it, it sounds as if it's from a story, you know, it's like a dark, gloomy, whatever evening. Uh, and, but the creature itself is described the same exact way from three different people. And it is this six foot humanoid bat creature. And it uh, came out in a cannonball, it unraveled its body. 
It elongated to six feet, spread out its bat wings, and then flew with jet fighter speed. You're forgetting one of my favorite details of the story, which just makes it scarier and and elevates the creep level. There were piles of deer carcass. Right, 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 right. Yeah, there was there. Were, uh, he described there are two. There were two piles of four deer each carcasses. Uh, no, actually, it didn't say carcasses. It, it said they were just uh, half eaten or about to be eaten dead deer. That's what a carcass is. Well, I mean. It, well, I, I guess so. <laughs> and what am I it's okay. I don't know where Pennsylvania is. Or <laughs> well, that wasn't even the right state. I don't know where Delaware is. So so it is... Uh, you think that this thing would be uh, carnivorous. Which freaks the shit out of me if you think about a six foot bat thing that that wants to eat you. Now, I do route work, so I have occasionally had to work other employees' routes for the company I work for, and those areas can be kind of scary at best. If you don't know where you're going, if it's late at night, you know, you're not familiar with the territory, and it's it can be unnerving, so any of those things individually would have been scary. Something six foot on the side of the road? Sure. Something flying? Sure. Abnormally weird piles of carcasses sure that can all be unnerving you add it all together and um yeah i mean just commit me i would be done get me a straight jacket i'd be finished <laughs> i would lose my mind yeah i love the way that it's described uh it's something straight out of a uh, a horror flick like not killer clowns from outer space because that's that's insane but like we're talking about these freaky creatures dracula style and this is this is nuts well in our intro story they also described seeing lights in the sky yeah and they were darting around so i'm not sure if they were implying that these were things that went together or if they were just describing a separate phenomenon that they were experiencing in the midst of dealing with this creature yeah because you don't know if, if it's related or if uh one needs the other because mm-hmm. the other two stories uh left out any type of dancing lights or any type of uh um ufo ish uh things in the sky which isn't to say that you know which isn't to say that there couldn't have been something else but the skeptic in me always wants to try and find you know those little those little holes and loopholes and for the rest of the episode i'm gonna go ahead and claim that we're gonna call this creature a gargoyle because as i'm doing my research all the descriptions are really kind of lining up with gargoyle would you agree oh yeah yeah so we've got this humanoid uh bat-like creature and when I was really looking at the images that I could find associated with it, it all just screamed gargoyle to me. And I love me some gargoyles. Give me some Hunchback of Notre Dame. I love gargoyles. The cartoon? Yeah, I'm a 90s baby. <laughs> <laughs> some might say that the gargoyles were the worst part of that movie. Nay, nay, say I. I love me some singing gargoyles. Gargoyles are cool. We would like to kind of go into gargoyles a little bit. Because we've seen with other cryptids that we've got 
inspiration and origins coming from different folklore. Uh, If you were familiar with our last episode, when we did the fence rail dog, we kind of got to touch on some European origins. So this is going to be a little similar of an episode where we talk about some of the history um, that goes in with the symbolism that is associated with for what we're seeing the reports are describing. Mm -hmm. And the big difference between the fence rail dog and this gargoyle creature that we're seeing in Florida is the time difference. So these reports, like I said, are happening 2018, not in the 1600s or the 1700s or the 1800s. Um, These are brand new. This is a brand new cryptid. Yeah. Like we're getting new cryptids, new area unlocked and you get to explore and there's new stuff to see. And I think that's great. Yeah. This is, this is one of those things. Someone like me just kind of just wants to happen when there is an, a new thing coming about and it sparks this interest again in cryptozoology and in this, these stories that come out uh, from our childhood and, and someone like this, this is fantastic. And so let's go into gargoyles again. All right. Because before we can go forward, we, we got to look back. So gargoyles are a European monster. And I say monster for lack of a better term, because there are different images that associate with gargoyles. So of course, like I made the, the Notre Dame joke, but gargoyles are known for being on churches. They're known for being on the corners of churches. They are a gutter. Now the root word for gargoyle is actually throat. <laughs> so it's gurgling. And I'm going to spare you my French pronunciations because I'm already going to give you a couple and they're probably going to be bad. So I'm not going to insult to injury there. The root word for gargoyle is throat and gurgle. Yeah, so gargoyles were the original gutters. Fancy gutters. Bougie gutters. <laughs> the most famous gargoyles. When you think of the gargoyles that are on the corners of the churches, uh, what do those look like, Anthony? Can you describe them for me? It's a pop quiz. The ones that they're they're monsters. They're monsters. Do they look like any specific type of animal mixed with a human? Uh, the ones I remember, those were. Oh, oh, yeah, bats, birds. So those ones are specifically referred to as strix, or strixes, or strixies, and they are supposed to be a human bird combo. So they kind of got these wings and those depictions kind of change as to whether they're more bat-like or more bird-like really, but they do have a specific name and I didn't know that. And the name is similar to some other monsters in Europe that are kind of vampiric, but we'll get into those in a different episode. So the reason that we put gargoyles on churches. So St. Romanos of Rouen is a saint that was in France So he had a very varied early life, and it was recorded in the early 1300s. But one of the most famous stories that he is known for is he went into the wild, swampy area of the Seine River. Now, I love me a little bit of the fact that it's the Seine River. It's not how it's spelled, but it's how it's pronounced, so the Seine River. There is supposed to be a dragon living up there. It is supposed to breathe fire, and it is also supposed to breathe water, and it is terrorizing the town. 
So of course, as a good Catholic saint does, they go to the area and they say, hey, if you convert to Christianity, I will solve your problem. (laughs) And I'm not judging him for it. I'm not hating him for it. But that's just how it went. And so of course, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Come help us. Come help us. So um, Romanus goes to the river. And the only person that wants to help him, because Christianity also loves them a good condemned man. The only person who's willing to help him is a man who's condemned to death and has nothing else to lose. So he takes the condemned man out to the river and into the swamps, and they confront the dragon. Now, when they confront the dragon, he defeats the dragon by making the sign of the cross, and the dragon lays itself down at his feet. He takes the stole from his neck, he ties it up like a leash, and the dragon, like an obedient little puppy, follows him back to the town. When they get to the town, they burn the dragon, and for the good deeds that the condemned man has done to assist the saint, he is then pardoned from his death sentence. And this actually became a huge thing because then it started a whole thing where a bishop each year could spare or pardon up until the 1800s, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. They could spare or pardon one condemned man or woman each year by presenting them with a relic of some kind that represented this saint. So when he brought the dragon back, he brought it to the church, they burned it. Some say that they took its head and they shoved it onto the gutter and then the water, instead of coming out in an attacking way, was just running off the roof and out of its mouth. And so then it was adapted into into architecture. I never knew this story before this. I mean, I think I may have known a little bit. Yeah, like too. Yeah, just vaguely... I think of St. George when I think of, of dragon slaying. I don't think of this guy. I, I had to I had to YouTube how to say his name right. Like, well, he wasn't the forefront of my mind. The first thing that comes to, to my mind when they talk about, like, uh, hey, bring me a relic of, the, of a dragon. And if this was in, <laughs> if this was still going around in, like, 1980s, 1990s, like, I just, my my dumb mind is thinking. Well, someone's going to bring them a book of Dungeons and Dragons, and and then he'll be he'll be pardoned. That's just. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure where that was going for a second. I was like picturing like Dragon Heart, where he like lifts up his scale and gives half a heart. No, uh, a, a book. <laughs> oh, a book. A book with the D twenty. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, would he? Would he like? Your pardon. <laughs> he rolls in that one. <laughs> no. The, a crit happens, man. Crit happens. Speaking of crit happens, actually, I'm glad you said that because we have a very exciting announcement to make. Spooky season may be our thing, but there is no denying that the holiday season is quickly approaching. And if you're like us, shopping can be stressful. Is this gift personal? Is it going to be something they like? Are they going to fake smile and then chunk it out with a wrapping paper? And recently, COVID has really driven home the importance of this, supporting local and family-owned businesses over big box stores. We are so proud to announce that we are partnering up with Mystic Dragon Games for the holidays, and we already have some of their awesome products. Some of our favorite polyhedral dice, a game deck, enamel pins. But their newest addition to awesome is what we want to focus on right now laser-etched crystals. 
These A1 quality crystals are literally flawless. They have a variety of options that you can customize or choose from, from their in-house nerdy artist gallery, from a Christmas tree with mimic style gifts, ready to gobble up naughty children, to a baby dragon hatching, emblazoned with baby's first Christmas. There is something for every nerd on your Christmas list. Each crystal has customizable options, and if D&D isn't your thing, don't worry. They are able to put photos or texts of anything in their crystals. The etchings are subsurface, so you never have to worry about them rubbing or losing their integrity over the years. It is a perfect way to commemorate a special holiday that stands out, and have it in crystal clear photographic memory. And with ornament stands in gold, black, and white, you don't have to wait for the Christmas tree to display your ornament. You can proudly show it all year round for a sophisticated twist on a regular photo. Part of our partnership with our good friends Michael and Kim of Mystic Dragon Games means that not only do we get an awesome friends and family discount, but so do you. <laughs> when you purchase a crystal ornament, you'll be getting 20% off any of their crystal options when you use promo code 50states in the link in the description. That includes ornaments, but also keychains, necklaces, and 3D crystals with stands. We received one of their Merry Critmas ornaments that is crit as in critical with the d20 and let me tell you it hit the nail on the head even though we knew what was coming we were still amazed when we opened that black satin lined gift box if we weren't keeping it ourselves it would have already been perfectly wrapped as a gift straight from the mailbox so check out mystic dragon games at mysticdragongames.com and use promo code 50 states to get your instant discount on a perfect christmas gift that's mysticdragongames.com promo code 50 states. So Notre Dame mentioned a couple times because I love gargoyles and the strips that are there. The cathedral itself is built in the 13th century and it is famous for its gargoyles. People travel from all over the world to see these things, to take pictures of them. It is a tourist attraction all in of itself, but they weren't, part of the original construction. It was hundreds of years before Notre Dame had a single gargoyle. So they were actually added in the mid 1800s as a renovation project. And if you're familiar with the TV show gargoyles, because like I said, 90s baby, when they go to Scotland, and you see all these gargoyles on the castle, that was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before they even had gargoyles and castles like that in Scotland. Yeah. So I just have to throw that out there. Like, I love the cartoon. I don't know if it aged well. I haven't seen it since no, that, that I was sh- a child. No, that, that show is one of, the, one, of the, the, one of the greats. It's a really well done show. And it only lasted for like maybe two or three seasons. Did it even last that long? Well, because it was, it was running with like Darkwing Duck, uh, Tailspin, uh, uh, Freakazoid, also in the 90s. But uh, Gargoyles, man, it was dark. It was a dark, dark cartoon. It was. But it was so good. But see, Gargoyles and that kind of structure didn't come to Scotland until the 1600s. So there was, um, I want to say, so when the Normans came over, they brought that style of architecture with them. So I think they went, and it was supposed to be like 900 AD when the Gargoyles were in Scotland, but it wouldn't have been there until the 1600s. Now, I'm not going to down the cartoon too much. It's a good cartoon. But I think it's poignant to bring it up while we're discussing gargoyles. Yeah. So there were other reasons that they put gargoyles on castles as well. 
and churches. Maybe I should just say churches. There were other reasons to put gargoyles on buildings as well, and that was similar to what we talked about with the fence rail dog, about keeping evil spirits out. Correct. So I have a quote from Gary Varner in his book, Gargoyles, Grotesques, and Green Men, Ancient Symbolism in European and American Architecture. And this quote just kind of made me giggle a little bit to myself. And it said, how better to enforce church attendance and docility than providing a daily reminder of the horrors to come. So gargoyles are really supposed to be representing, in his opinion, um, and in his research, that it was kind of reminding you that monsters in hell are waiting for you if you do not comply and you do not attend. Right. So it just kind of just struck me as funny. Yeah. Catholics are weird like that. <laughs> this is two back-to-back episodes we've said things about Catholics. So the next episode, we're going to have to pick a, di- a different religion to discuss. Protestants, probably. <laughs> Let's go for Quakers. Quakers. <laughs> How far are we to Massachusetts? <laughs> those, those Quakers and, the, and, and their, their oats. oats. <laughs> I like uh, what you did there. I saw it coming. Yeah. And then uh, when you talk about the art too, the art uh, really, I was looking at, at different types of gargoyles when it was uh, first implemented on, into, on buildings, especially churches, and then how they... How they evolved the like the face structure, the detail, and everything got got more uh, more artistic value instead of just having just a large beast on it. It it had like uh, an arm coming out, or it had the the eyes protruding more, or it had the wings uh, uh, flailed out. Uh, it's just a, the progression of it. Uh, it was it was pretty fascinating to 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 look at the progression of of. Uh, the way they did gargoyles. Yeah. And like different things that they were doing would, would symbolize different things that were going on at the time or like their position on the buildings. Right. Although if you like silly gargoyles, there is a Darth Vader gargoyle. I want to say it's in Washington, DC where there was a contest that people were designing their own gargoyles and a child one. And that was right when star Wars was like rolling out in theaters. And so he suggested that they make a Darth Vader one. And he won the contest. So there is a church in DC that has a Darth Vader head amongst all the other gargoyles. Which now I obviously have to put on my bucket list to go see. Lord Helmet. Mm-hmm. Ludicrous speed. <laughs> okay, so we've discussed what may have inspired the images. But let's talk about what it actually could be. Yeah, the only thing that I could find that what it could be, which is f- completely far-fetched, but it's the a giant flying fox from the Philippines. Say that 20 times fast. I'll give you a dollar if you try. I'm not even going to try. But I got a dollar. I have two in my wallet. <laughs> that was rude. <laughs> uh the flying fox is a human-sized bat. It's large. It's huge. It is crazy looking. And to think that it's actually real and it exists, it's gnarly. Uh, the thing does fly. And uh, it's a fruit 
it's a fruit bat, so it doesn't uh, <laughs> it doesn't consume thing, uh, flesh or anything. Um, but nice fleshy papaya. <laughs> have you have you seen videos of fruit fruit bats eating in the way like, like it, it's I'm, it's cute as fuck and just like I'm <laughs> disappointed that you even have to ask to see if I've watched <laughs> pointless bat videos in my spare time <laughs> because I love that half of my friends the real ones send me bat videos whenever they find them and I've, I've always said that uh, since we live in South Texas uh, if we were to ever be in a place to where we could have bats I would build a bat house in our backyard to combat the mosquitoes mm-hmm this um, was a conversation you and I had actually pretty early on in our relationship. Yeah, I would. It was t- one of the reasons I was like, "Yep, I could marry him. He's going to get me bats." I would totally build a, a bat a bat house for for that because bats. Well, number one, bats are. I'd get rid of our dogs to have bats. I, I would. I would too. Just kidding. We love you, Roscoe and Talia. I am kind of on the on borderline with that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you better tell the world how much you love those dogs. I do love our dogs. Um, now tell them they're pretty. No. They're pretty. Um, bats are essential to the ecosystem uh, around South Texas and in Texas in general. And uh, I, for one, think that um, uh, conservation of these beautiful, beautiful creatures need to be uh, on the forefront. Um, but yeah, I would totally, totally build bat houses for our backyard. Uh, especially for the mosquitoes that are like Jurassic sized here, uh, but yeah, but the the this bat like thing, this humanoid bat creature in the Philippines, it could could it have been in Florida, escaped from some I don't know some rich millionaire menagerie menagerie. That's the word you're looking for. Okay, uh, in Florida. Could it have escaped? Could it have been from a zoo? Uh, it is... It belonged to Pablo Escobar. Or maybe... Uh, what's that show? Tiger King? No, he had tigers. Why, why, why would he have giant bats? <laughs> Can I be the bat queen? Oh my gosh, I could be like a less trashy, less messed out Joe Exotic and just have a bunch of bats. Yeah, but you gotta make videos, like music videos. I mean, I will, and I will do the same thing as him, and I'll hire someone else to sing for me. <laughs> I just binged an entire podcast on him. I wonder if that dude ever got money from from him dubbing that that song, uh, him singing that song, because he because tire because that guy Joe Exotic made a fuck ton of money. No, he did not. Off the Netflix thing, he's not allowed to make any money off of it. Not not even his estate, no, nope. or his husband's or whatever. He doesn't even own any of it anymore. Wow. And one husband died. He shot himself in the head. I remember that. And then the other husband left him and married a girl from the gift shop. I, I know I, I know that. Spoiler alert if we keep this in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that bitch Carol but Baskin. The, and that bitch Carol Baskin. <laughs> um, and he does have one husband. He married him um, after one left him and one died. And then he married a new guy. And they're still together. But, uh, no, I don't think he's allowed to make any money. I think it's almost like the whole, like, you can't make money off your victims and stuff. I don't think he's making money off money off of it. Mm. Plus, he had so many legal fees. Oh, the guy yeah. that got the ranch or the zoo from him is still, like, settling legal fees. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Anywho. 
<laughs> back back to gargoyles. Back to Zephyr Hills. <laughs> back to giant bats. Back to giant bats. Could it have been that flying fox from the Philippines? I mean, does it fly at fighter jet speeds? Uh, it's a big dumb sky puppy. Uh, yeah, it could be a, a big. I mean, dumb it sky could probably puppy. be pretty fast. Yeah, um, my guess is probably not, and that's the only thing I can think it it could be. So my crypto brain is like, yes, it's like a cute version of a Mothman. Uh, uh, Mothman's cute anyway. I don't know if you've checked the interwebs on how people feel about Mothman, but he's adorable. <laughs> I saw. I I did actually see one. Um, artistic rendering of Mothman, and it's it, it was because it was it was holding, it was holding a a small Cthulhu, and it was just adorable. and And I wish I could I would I remember the um, artist who I saw it from saying I can give that girl some credit, but it was totally Topes adorbs. I love the ones where Mothman's like holding a lamp. Oh yeah, <laughs> or some kind of uh, light. <laughs> that I don't know. It just it just it just warms my cockles. Yeah. Now, now how are your cockles? Huh? Are you, how I said how are your cockles? Are they warmed? Yeah, they're 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 fine. They're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start asking people that casually. Um. So how are your cockles today? <laughs> my what? What the fuck you say? Your cockles, good sir. I don't know that that underwear you got me for Christmas was. They're working. We're for not them. being sponsored by them. We're not talking <laughs> about them. Well, we, we could. <laughs> we we definitely could. We're gonna reach out to the underwear company. Yeah. <laughs> Let's quit talking about our underwear on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but my my cryptid brain is going. Oh hell yes, we have something new. Uh, so yeah, um. I think now is a good time to to rate this uh, Florida cryptid. Yeah, I don't have anything more to contribute other than something similar to a flying fox. Um, I feel like I try and rationalize everything. I just don't have a whole lot of other... like It, it defies gravity so much, so I couldn't even say that it was just a man on the side of the road in a costume with a, the description of it being airborne and stuff. So, yep, I'm going to uh, agree with you and... You can put that down in the record book that we agree on something and move on to rating. I give this a five out of five. A five out of five? Yeah. Okay. Five out of five Golden Nessies because this is one of those, like, it's it's new. It's uh, it's, is this like when you get a new toy at Christmas? It's new and it's shiny and it's exciting. Yeah, it's new, shiny, exciting. It's a giant bat, and I'm that that, that could fly as fast as a, as a fighter jet. I'm all about it. I will give this three out of five Nessies, and I only say three out of five Nessies. Because there's just not a lot of source material for me to go on. So I think it's interesting. I think it's cool. Uh, I just don't... I didn't have enough to, like, sink into. And I had more fun researching 
like the gargoyle aspect and like maybe some of the initial imagery that could have helped form this. So I think maybe if we if there's you know maybe some more sightings come out yeah we maybe need we more start stories. seeing a little bit more we need more stories it's just the depth of the story so I think you know Lon was really on it he was like connecting the dots and people were contacting him which if you have a story definitely reach out check out Lon's website we're gonna link it in the show notes uh, so down in the description if you go below the episode wherever you're listening you can click show more and it's gonna have a link to all the sounds that we use for our story today. It's going to have um, references down there. And at the very, very tippy top, we're going to have our websites for Mystic Dragon Games. And we're going to have our website for Phantoms and Monsters. And so if you have a story you want to share with Lon or share with us, we are here for it. And it is also going to go into our thankful Thanksgiving episode where we share your stories and we're going to be posting about that on our social media as well. If you have a story, a firsthand encounter, send it to us because our Thanksgiving episode is going to be completely focused on you. Yeah, it's going to be all you guys. Your stories, the way you tell it, and it's going to be really, really, really fun. Now, if you are able to record or you want to video chat and we can record, we could even put your voice in the podcast. If you think that maybe reading it out loud is not your speed, that's okay. Send it to us written. And we will read it. And depending on what kind of submissions we get, if you want to hear yours with like some dramatic audio like I do in the intros, that's definitely something we can work out. But yes, for Thanksgiving, we are thankful for you. And for the people who keep coming back, we're thankful for our Patreons. And we want to uh, give you some of the limelight. Yeah, and this is going to be your stories from any state, right? Any state. Anyone... it. Even we have some international listeners. So looking at our podcast stat breakdown, we've got folks listening in other countries. We have some folks in Australia. We have some folks in Germany. We had like a couple people in Russia. Uh, we've got England. We've got, we've just got, a, I don't even know how they found us. For real. But keep telling people like. <laughs> Man, can you imagine a Russian cryptid? I don't yeah. want to. That would freak the fuck out of me we 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 kind of discussed uh russian bears in our alaskan episode yeah yeah and i like my brain wandered that night i was like huh what would scare a russian i'll tell you something fucking terrifying (laughs) or australia like everything else everything in australia is encrypted (laughs) sorry i I think i took the words from you (laughs) this is giant like 12 leg spider with 
a, a baby's head on it or some shit. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Can you imagine though? Everything in Australia is so scary that their cryptids are probably small and adorable and harmless. <laughs> it's like, oh, the elusive butterfly. <laughs> it's just like something super pretty and cute and it doesn't do any harm. And it like gives you good dreams and like gives you little kisses because everything else is fucking terrifying. So why make up something ridiculous when you already have so much? Like, it, it leaves you like a hundred dollar worth of chocolate. On, on your on your doorstep every every night, <laughs> it's like like enjoy <laughs> and, 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 and scatters then, away so, in pixie dust. <laughs> <laughs> what was that sound again? Until next time, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Rainbows shoot out of his ass. <laughs> it's pooping daffodils. <laughs> With that, we're going to end our episode. But we hope you enjoyed this. We hope you check out the previous ones if this is your first episode you're joining us for. And we will see you next time. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. Bye. Latest. Do you need more 50 States of Terror? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. You can find us on Facebook. Patreon, and Instagram at 50 States of Terror. Now that's 50 States of Terror. And on Twitter at 50 States Terror without the of, you know, because of the character. (laughs) We'll see you there. Yeah, you will.